listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this 1st of December. It's Thursday, 2022. Later, property prices fall for the 8th month in a row. But first, we'll go to the share market because the Australian share market rose to a 7-month high today. For 207,354, that's a rise of 1%. Even the Australian dollar surged, boosted by around one US cent, immediately after commentary from the US Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, suggesting an interest rate pivot there. For more, I spoke earlier with Angus Geddes from Fat Profits. Look, I think the fact that there were no surprises from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, uh, he reaffirmed that the Fed was on track to cut rates uh, by 50 basis points and slow the pace of tightening. And the fact that the markets are now looking through the tightening cycle to a Fed pause next year all sort of help boost uh, investor sentiment. Speaking of sentiment, investor sentiment's pretty high today, but is it still right to be cautious because inflation is still high and then there are other central banks meeting around the world later this month too? What do you think? Look, I think... uh, we're still very cautious on the markets. I think, uh, you know, heading into the end of the year, investors are going to, going to start focusing on the US profit uh, reporting season. And I expect there to be some significant downward revisions coming through uh, for calendar year 23. And so that warrants a cautious stance. I'm expecting quite a big fall uh, in the US stock market in the first quarter of next year. Um, Let's throw China into the mix. Rising COVID cases, protests, unrest, but at the same time there are hopes the nation's COVID policies may be rolled back. How closely are you looking at China and is sentiment turning there? Look, I think sentiment is turning in China. Uh, The fact that we've had a lot of political opposition to the the restrictions and the lockdowns is positive and that it's going to force the Chinese government to open up the economy a lot sooner and that has to be good for global growth next year and commodities. Finally, um, this is probably the last time we'll speak this year. So as we look into 2023, what do you see as the major themes and where do you see the opportunities? Look, I think there's going to be a lot of volatility in the first quarter of the year, uh, downward pressure on stock markets, particularly as those earnings revisions get factored in, but also a time of opportunity and I think stock markets will recover strongly uh, into the into the end of next year and uh, a broad-based economic recovery in the US uh, and also the Fed cutting interest rates in 24. Angus Geddes there, the CEO of Fat Profits. From the share market, let's now go to the property market where CoreLogic says the median national property price fell 1% in November to just over $714,000, although the pace of those falls are moderating in Australia's biggest cities. That suggests the interest rate shock may have passed amid tight supply. But while property prices across the country saw extraordinary growth during the pandemic, they are now down from their respective peaks. So Sydney, for example, is 11.4% lower than in January 2022 when prices hit record levels. For more, I spoke earlier with CoreLogic's Head of Research, Tim Lawless. Tim, house prices, um, they've been falling across the country. Moderating, though, those those falls in Sydney and Melbourne in particular, why do you think that is? Do you think we've now seen the worst of the declines? 
It looks like this is developing into a trend now. We've been seeing Sydney housing prices moderating in the rate of decline since uh, the end of August, Melbourne since the end of July. So this is more than just a bit of volatility. It does look like these markets are starting to ease off. But still, Sydney down 1.3% in a month. I mean, that's that's still a pretty large correction uh, in monthly numbers. I think one of the reasons that we're starting to see this easing in the rate of decline, or it's probably two things. One is that maybe the initial shock of interest rates rising is starting to, to wear through, and uh, we are seeing more buyers pricing this in. But also on the listing side of things, uh, the supply remains really tight. We're, we haven't seen much of a spring season uh, there's not a lot of selling activity at the moment, which is probably helping to keep a floor under housing prices. Looking forward in terms of where house prices are going, do you see that there are risks of heavier declines? There's every chance this could reaccelerate. Uh, obviously, the biggest uh, downside risk is what happens with interest rates. Although there's mounting speculation, we could be getting close to a terminal cash rate, say, through the first quarter of next year. If that isn't the case, or if we start to see credit tightening up further, then that that obviously could put uh, some further downwards pressure on housing prices. There's also a lot of refi activity coming into the market next year, uh, you know, nearly a, a third or about 25% of, of mortgage holders will be refinancing off their fixed rates onto much higher variable rates as well. That could start to see uh, housing distress become a little bit more substantial than what we've seen through uh, the second half of this year. Speaking of that, that distress, right, ANZ earlier this week said house prices were likely to continue to fall into the new year, but not because of forced sales, but because of reduced borrowing capacity. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Uh, but I, th I still think it's it's reasonable to expect that, say, the 90-day arrears rate will trend higher from here, but off record lows. Uh, I think it's logical that as we see interest rates rise uh, and, and inflation doing what it's doing against a record level of household indebtedness, there probably will be some distress emerging uh, from uh, in, in the numbers. September quarter, pretty much every bank was reporting record lows in their 90-day arrears rates. So I think it will take some time to flow through. And then as we just talked about uh, uh, moving into uh, a significant refinancing event around April of next year, that could start to see that becoming a little bit more acute. Okay, back on the, the price falls, we know that capital cities have seen hefty declines since their respective peaks earlier in the year. Sydney, for example, down 11.4% since January 2022. But if you look through to prices throughout COVID, they actually rose 27.7% in Sydney anyway. Can you put this correction we're seeing into perspective? Yeah, the context is so important. And, and Sydney is a really good case in point. We saw a nearly 28% rise in values and now an 11.4% decline. So we're still seeing Sydney well and truly above where it was pre-COVID. Melbourne, on the other hand, because it did see a much sharper correction earlier in COVID, a milder upswing, about 17% rise in values through the upswing, and now values in Melbourne are down nearly 7%. Uh, we'd only need to see Melbourne housing values fall a little bit less than 3% before they're back to pre-COVID levels. So it's quite different from region to region. But outside of, uh, say, Sydney and Melbourne, every other market would need to see housing values fall by generally more than 20 to 25 percent, even some in some cities, more than 30 percent before we're back to pre-COVID levels. So most homeowners around the country still have a pretty good value buffer uh, between 
current values and where they were at the beginning of uh, 2020. And I guess this final question follows on to what you just finished on there. Are there any parts of the housing market that are more resilient than others right now? Yeah, there is still quite a a complex tapestry of performance here uh, from, say, the different product types. You've got unit markets are much more resilient, it seems. They've recorded roughly half the level of decline that what uh, house values have fallen, but also about half the level of upswing through the growth cycle. And then geographically, you can see markets like Adelaide and Perth and Darwin are holding the values much better. In fact, we saw Perth housing values hold stable through November. Darwin edged a little higher. And even since uh, Adelaide peaked, we've only seen values there fall by a little bit less than 1%. These markets tend to be really affordable, so arguably not as sensitive to higher interest rates and still seeing some demographic tailwinds behind housing demand as well. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.